All right. So for this episode, we're not going to be doing any formal introduction or anything like that. And we're not going to be digging into any nutrition topics or uh, anything along those lines. If you're interested in any of that, feel free to check out earlier episodes. But instead, uh, just recently, we um, all, and, and in case any listeners aren't aware, but we recently heard the very sad, heartbreaking news that Ray Pete had passed away and uh, wanted to do an episode talking about him, remembering him, and just discussing his impact on our lives and just share a little bit of, of our thoughts and feelings. Uh, considering that he was someone that, and I think I speak for both of us, but I'm sure, you know, Mike, you'll corroborate that he was somebody who was a massive, massive inspiration for us and a, an incredible role model, someone that we both, uh, looked up, look up to a lot and, and, uh, would like to emulate and, uh, try to, yeah, live up to. Um, and so, yeah, I wanted to. I mean, I don't know exactly where to start with this. For for one, if anybody's not aware, Ray Pete, uh, Doctor Ray Pete, has he's somewhat of a Renaissance man and has really elucidated a lot of information as far as nutrition goes and a lot of the basis for a lot of what we discuss. But his work goes far beyond nutrition and delves into larger aspects of biology and you know physiology, biology, but also way farther beyond that scope as well in terms of philosophy and politics and the meaning of life and, you know, anything else along those lines. And those are some of the things that I think are arguably as, or if not more impactful, uh, than just his, you know, the research and information that he's put out as far as nutrition goes. And, uh, when we both came across Ray Pete as something that dramatically changed the trajectory of our lives. And, uh, so, Maybe we'll talk a little bit about that, but yeah, I don't know if, uh, if there's anything you want to start with, Mike. Um, if not, I can keep rambling. <laughs> well, I just, so I guess I have an interesting perspective on this, or at least I think it's interesting. The, uh, I work with a lot of older people in the hospital, people, eighties, nineties, seventies, all different types of ages. Uh, most people in my experience aren't aware of their life. They don't really know what happened, how it happened, why it happened. There's not really like a thought process or analysis or like a meta awareness about their life and the reasons they achieved X, Y, and Z or have done X, Y, and Z. And a lot of them, there's not like a heavy reflection or a thought as, because I'll ask people, you know, what, what would you recommend or like, what is your advice? What are three things you think were really important in changing the course of your life? Things like that just to pick people's brains out. Obviously, some people aren't in their best state when I see them in the hospital and ICU, but some people are completely alert and lucid. So it really depends. Obviously, I'm not asking the guy who's withdrawing from alcohol in his 70s what his three most um, recommended tips are for his life. But I think in contrast to this, when you look at somebody like Dr. Pete, he was aware he was aware of his existence and questioning his existence and testing things out and seeing how things worked and trying to create uh, models and understandings of, of his existence and existence in general. And to have somebody who's done that for 86 years is amazing. Not to mention like the capacity he had from a memory perspective to look back and remember, well, in the 1940s and the 1950s, 
X, Y, Z occurred from a political perspective. And then this shifted the dietary recommendations. And then you subsequently saw these changes in these disease patterns. Like to have an analysis like that, even if it's N equals one or anecdotal is amazing. And I think it, it was extremely insightful and helpful for for a lot of us, for, for many people I work with, for myself especially, the other thing that I think he brought to light with this is he looked in research, he was reading research, but he also took his own personal experience into perspective. And then he also took, he was trying to see what was going on politically in like the context of things from multiple different perspectives, economically, politically, uh, culturally, and trying to weave a narrative or a picture as far as what was going on. And just the example of that, and you can, you don't need to, you can see that in his writing. If you, if you read what he wrote, you can see him starting to weave his experiences together with research articles and with the, the cultural context. And you get this, this sense that this man was just extremely aware of things that were going on and was connecting these dots across multiple different spheres and creating these massive pictures and understandings that were, I mean, I think, elucidated these like brilliant concepts not to mention that he was connecting dots from multiple different uh researchers and giants in their field and i think the term that i think about the most is buckminster fuller i think he wrote a book it's on like standing on the shoulder of giants or on the shoulder of giants or something like that and so ray pete was a giant in and of himself but he also, you can see like all the giants that he relied on to source this different information. And the way I see it is, it's like, at least from my perspective, my job or my responsibility to kind of continue that and stand on the shoulders of Dr. Pete, continue his work as best as I can. I mean, he was a brilliant man, so he's set a really high standard and, and go from there. And I, I think, Jay, you probably feel somewhat similar. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And he, so there's so many things you brought up. I mean, for one, I think you kind of nailed a, an important piece, which is that he, I think, lived with awareness and did that for so many years that was able to, he was able to put together this extremely complex picture of the world. And that combined with, again, something else you mentioned, this constant questioning of existence and the world around him. And that led to this constellation of, I mean, a, a very, I guess, just incredibly cohesive view that can also make it difficult for anybody who's like looking from the outside in to have any understanding. I mean, makes trying to understand an individual sentence from an article or a book can have so many layers and can be really difficult to break apart. And that's because of those things. And I think in many ways he was, he's one of the only figures I could really point to, or at least that I've had uh, been directly impacted by, who in the modern day was a true thinker and like a true Renaissance man where, you know, he's separated himself so far from, from the like, you know, put the square piece in the square hole sort of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, that typical, like any, any scientist, anybody who calls himself a scientist nowadays or uh, like a doctor or thinker or the philosopher. I mean, the vast majority, and again, this is a huge generality, but at least as far as any, you know, the vast majority that I'm coming into contact with or experiencing their work, it just doesn't come it's anywhere near. 
What's so that? narrow. It's just like narrow. It's just let's find out this one pathway or like what is the effects of resveratrol on like sirtuins and then like they become an expert in something like that or and so you just get this weird conglomeration of these these cherry picked ideas from like in this these like narrow viewpoints without a broader context and it's just these you just get this like this is the stack like you need nad and 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 resveratrol and stuff and it's like dr pete's work is it like that's like a grain of sand in the desert of rock dr pete's work like putting together like the entire perspective of stress with like all the hormonal and cellular layers embedded within that framework and then creating like a a view around energy production from like that stress system and then having everything like flow through the central perspective it's just i don't know like you just i i haven't just like you i haven't seen any other work be so broad yet also simultaneously comprehensive now you you may disagree with doctor people may disagree with doctor pete on like these minor different areas and these different points but the general principles and overarching picture that he presents number one is just like a lot of people just say like when you read his work it's like it just kind of makes sense like the frame with which he created the frame that he established for things it just it just makes sense like it just yeah this is <laughs> of course it works that way <laughs> um go ahead jay yeah, it goes from being meaningless, like when you first come across it, like nearly meaningless to like the most meaning. Um, and I'd say that because I, I know a lot of people who might end up being familiar with some of his nutritional ideas, but kind of, uh, you know, aren't going to read his articles. Like they aren't excited to go and jump into one of his articles. And I think it's like one of the most exciting things you can do because there's so much packed in and not all the answers are there. Like there's this perfect combination of dissolving all of the barriers so you were talking about like these lines of physiology but also dissolving the barriers between the physiology and culture and like every aspect of science not not just the physics and the chemistry but uh yeah just just the beauty of the world like all encapsulated and uh yeah so there's and so i think as i was saying i think he's done the perfect job of like not giving you all of the answers and that but giving you enough to work from and that frustrates a lot of people. But I think that's also like the, I know for me that that's something that's propelled me to learn in a way that I never had prior. And uh, I think that's something that like I feel have felt so inspired by him to do is, is to like think critically and, and learn. I think those are like, we can talk about his nutritional paradigm, but as you were saying, like that's, it's not that it doesn't matter. It's just an extension of the much deeper, more central ideas and principles. And so you, you mentioned, so there's a couple of things I want to put together. You mentioned like standing on his shoulders and, and continuing to put his worth, his work forward or, or kind of work in his, like to produce content or to think even just in his um, framework. Yeah. And so there's a quote that was shared on the repeat forum about like grief and losing people. And I think it, it said it kind of encapsulates some of this, like the way that Ray answers things, the way that he thinks and how unique it is. Uh, and, and also that idea as well. And so 
Uh, somebody had asked, I understand this is off topic from what you typically teach, but I was wondering if you've run across any information or learned on your own things that help people grieve over lost loved ones and or fear of losing others to death. Thank you. This was uh, something that was sent to Ray. And in response, he said, this is in reference to the fear, I think, of losing someone. And he says, it activates the helplessness reactions in the body, stress weakening your own life. And I think it can help to get out of that if you think of your life as a continuation of theirs, the same life, though with fewer bodies. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's like, yeah, I, I think that that's a, a really nice quote, a good way to think about it, and something that everybody's feeling motivated and inspired to live by um, is to like, carry on the life of Ray through their own. And uh, yeah, so when, you know, I mentioned earlier, like how much he changed the trajectory of our lives. And again, that's because the information that we were finding of his wasn't just like, here's this different way to eat, right? We've, we've, we had eaten many different ways up until that point, but there, there was, I think a handful of, and I haven't like thought about these and laid them all out. So uh, I guess we'll see where it goes, but there's a handful of things that I think uh, were so strongly emphasized by him that I hadn't heard elsewhere or haven't, or hadn't really integrated um, from other people. And, and some of these were the ability to question and think critically and also just putting those things in the forefront. You know, he talked a lot about anti-authoritarianism and I think that was, kind of like one of the primary tenets, it goes a lot with the same idea of experimentation and the like, and, like the idea that the only protocol is to perceive, think and act. And uh, yeah, that was like that changed. Like, I think it really allowed both of us to separate ourselves. And again, I'm like saying these things now, obviously just saying it doesn't mean anything. I think for everybody listening, I'd encourage going, you know, reading through his articles on his website or his books, things like that. Listening to his, you know, to interviews, but it was something that was, yeah, that was something that allowed us to separate ourselves from a lot of the, um, the culturally induced thought patterns that we hadn't recognized, and very much changed the trajectory of of how we viewed the world. And I think another piece that goes along with that, I mean, that breeds a lot of different qualities and i think one of them is curiosity and the and, and kind of with i think the a natural effect of curiosity is seeing beauty in the world probably where other people who aren't as curious don't and i think ray was exceptional in that and so it, some of my favorite stories of his are and he's got a lot of really great stories but one of my favorite stories is is um what what, what were you thinking of the ants or the bird with the hose water. <laughs> yeah. Was, so the the ant one, I think, was the main thing I was thinking of there was when he was asked what his favorite uh, animal was. And he said ants. And I don't remember the details of his answer beyond that. Um, I think there was like a friend had an ants in the house and he was like going to kill the ants. So like Ray went over and whispered to the ants that like they need to go because he's going to kill them. And then they didn't come back or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't think I'd heard that part. Um, but yeah, he just sees like beauty and intelligence where we're taught to ignore. I think that's a good example. And he, the other one you're talking about with the birds, I know he's, he's got some stories about. There was, he was like watering the flowers or something in the garden. And the, there was a bird there. And it was like wanting him to like 
give the bird some water is like whistling at him and then he like like turned the hose over or something and gave the bird some water he was like that the bird was trying to communicate with him and whatnot yeah yeah and i i've definitely heard him talk about that in terms of communication with animals and um like how like how great their capacity is for those things if you're open and listening to it you're gonna say something i think that the he just for me it did complete the thing that changed my entire perspective on things was the meaning that he put into life and existence yeah, yeah. the general the general like mindset that you get from school and from and from like the current culture at least western culture is this meaningless like struggle with and like like darwin like a neo darwinistic element of like survival of the fittest and you have to be stressed to grow and you have to keep pushing and then ray just he completely like you because you don't even know that there's something else besides that because that's just what you're inundated with from a young age and it just like there's not a thought that there's perspectives outside of that and then when we found ray it was because the other thing is like we i think we found ray at the right time because we had gone through this perspectives and we're just like we don't feel good and we have problems and then you find Ray and it's like, oh, so there is another perspective. And then, but the beauty of it is not that it was just another perspective, but that it created meaning in life. So it was like the idea that the, like the interrelation between energy and structure and complexity and like the universe and existence in and of itself, constantly complexifying and increasing structure over time and things along that instead of, which is directly counter to these entropic ideas where that everything is in decay over time and like everything is just going to move into nothingness again. It's like it, that takes the purpose out of existence. Whereas Ray's framework creates like literally puts existence as a purposeful endeavor in and of itself. That is literally the existence is there to create purpose. So it's that like that entire like thought process and understanding, like internalizing that, completely changed my my belief system overall it's almost like it i guess it's kind of weird and i think i'll probably get some hate for saying this but it's almost to some extent like a religious or spiritual experience to come to the understanding that like the world and the the entirety of what we're living in is moving towards a purposeful direction and like the goal or the outcome dependent is to like move in that direction and that you can modulate factors in your environment so that you can further amplify that process. And the thing is you see this play out with people. You see it play out with yourself. You come from carnivore and you're rigid, you're rigid as hell. You feel like crap. You're tired. Maybe you're like stressed out. You're super intense. And then it's like you bring on some carbohydrates, you adjust your diet, your gut health gets improved. And it's like, you're so much more relaxed. Like your awareness is able to expand you don't feel so rigid in your thought processes. It's easier to learn. It's easier to interact with other people. And you start seeing like, especially when you read Ray's work and you see like he incorporates the, the, his whole frame, his whole perspective with the research and then with his personal experiences and then with like the different experimentation and reference experiences that he's built up. And then you like do that yourself and you see when you work with your clients or you work with yourself or you just see experiences with other people like talking about their experience in the forum. And then you read research and you start to put all of these things together. You start to see, well, shit, 
Ray stuff is kind of like it's kind of making sense. Like you're kind of seeing this pattern unfold in a similar direction with people. And yeah, that for me, that was like I think when I when I found Ray stuff, I was probably like at my lowest point when I was in college with all the fasting and like my family stuff and the excess exercise and just like having all these problems, like the health problems that I was having. And then like I think that perspective was something that like when I finally internalized it, it turned things around for me and it made a massive difference in my life and my ability to cope with the things that I was, that I was going, that I was going through because I realized that my, like I could put adjust inputs in myself and that'll change the different outputs that I had going on. And it wasn't a meaningless process. It was a purposeful process. It was like that in and of itself was like amazing for me. And I just, I remember like the feeling that I even get thinking about it now, like the feeling that I have about it, it's like a energizing feeling, like an uplifting feeling, like you can do something to improve what's going on. And I think if people internalize that individually on like a larger scale, like it could, like it makes a massive difference because you kind of take the reins and control and responsibility for yourself. You stop like just doing whatever because of, because there's a lack of purpose with things and you can start to change and improve things in your life and, and other people's eyes, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember having those, you know, we experienced a lot of those things. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, yeah, we would like, whether it was like reading an article or listening to an interview or something, and then we would just go outside in the sun and like throw a football around and just talk about it for many hours yeah. and contemplate and just explore. And, uh, yeah, that was, that's, I think it was something that like was quite literally life-giving and like you were talking about the like thought processes that were told not only in school, but it's like something that permeates everywhere. Like the meaninglessness, the randomness that exists. Oh, one other thing I want to get back to too. I mean, talking about religion, which you were saying like that there's like a religious aspect. And I think you were saying more like a deeply spiritually meaningful, not religious in that it's like a uh, tribal, like blind faith sort of situation. Yeah. It's not a dogma. It's more of like dogmatic. Yeah. What I think I know you just a slight tangent when you get down and you boil all this down to a certain level, there is an element of belief that has to come into play no matter how much research that you have. And so you like what, what that underlying belief is, if it's a belief in nothingness, and that there's entropy and randomness and disorder and chaos that I think permeates the basis of the, of your further thought processes all down the line. But if you have a belief in meaning and a belief in creativeness and a belief in purpose that will subsequently change your, your, it's like a domino effect. Your further thought processes get completely adjusted down the line and your perspective on things also gets adjusted. So yeah, that's where I come. That's where I think it like gets to a spiritual element. It's like your your foundational philosophical framework and belief system at its core. Yeah, and th- but those belief systems are not based on nothing. Like we base those around the evidence that we see around us, and I think the cultural programming largely involves an interpretation of those things as largely being meaningless. Uh, so, sorry, this might sound like I'm disagreeing with you. I like fully agree. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. And, and that's, well, and that's kind of what we were saying, but instead like taking, it's, it's not just a matter of taking a perspective of meaning 
on faith, but rather seeing that as evidenced by even just like biology and function and um, like how energy does it interrelate with structure and great complexity and the evidence of a natural complexifying like energy driving force that uh, has its own meaning. And then when you have a thought or you have an action or you do something that makes you that like improves your function and feeling like that is not selfish anymore. Like it can be a selfless, like that becomes a selfless act that is providing for the rest of existence, the rest of the world, but the rest of existence. And uh, yeah, so there's, I think that's huge. Like it, it does give like this meaning and direction that uh, yeah, I, I think is invaluable as far as exploring goes. And, and it's, on one hand, tragic that I think, and I've, I've experienced this, like I know of friends who deal with, like who wrestle with that nihilism. And I think there's largely like social programming that creates that. And uh, yeah, I think that Ray was aware of how meaningful or how, sorry, how important the it is to have this meaning and to provide this meaning through the evidence that he would provide. And I think this is part of why, uh, like he, he has that quote where he basically says that the reason why he talks so much about nutrition is basically, and I'm like very much paraphrasing, but basically that it's more palatable. Whereas when you talk about culture or meaning or spirituality or politics, there's so much that we've programmed in about even a particular word that it triggers such a reaction that we can actually listen and entertain different views and, and consider them. And so nutrition is like through the, through his lens and not just nutrition, but nutrition, health and physiology is like a gateway to those other views. And I think the other views that he's we like woven together are just a direct byproduct. I mean, they're coming from the exact same center as the nutritional principles. Well, I think you see that too with people, right? Cause you, you get into nutrition stuff and it, when you, when you change your physiology. So I guess, let me preface this first in my perspective, my my perspective your consciousness is a product of your physiology you don't there's not the separation of mind and body so when you when you effectively change your physiology through nutrition through manipulating your lifestyle through whatever means whatever these different means are exercise sleep whatever it is when you start to dial those things in you start to see that your consciousness and your awareness adjusts and i think for a lot of people there's like steps, there's like a process that you go through. So you're at first, it's like, I'm just trying to figure out how I can feel better. I'm just trying to get out of this hole. And then you get out of the hole and you start to feel better. And then you start to realize that like, there's all these possibilities with life and that there's these directions that you can go into. And I think Pete like embodied that with his work is like the, the, the meaningfulness and, uh, and the like multitude of directions of life and living and like the purpose, the, the purposefulness of it and like the, the capacity that people have, which is, and the thing is, is like, there's this constant idea. And I hear it a lot actually from like, from certain, like some of my family members and things like that, that like humans are just a plague or humans are a parasite or humans are this or humans are that. And it's like, humans can be those things. They can be those things. If you create a garbage environment for people, then you're going to get garbage outcomes. That's, it's just, but there's that context isn't there. That's just the ideas that humans in and of themselves are the problem. 
not that the environment that is being created for people is the problem in and of itself. So it's like Ray, I think for me, that was like another big thing. Another big idea that came out from his work is like, if you adjust the context and you adjust the physiology of the individual and you get them into these higher energy states, they're able to process and function at higher complexity. And then humans can be some of the best resources possible because of our capabilities. So you can either optimize the environment and optimize the humans and get these amazing outputs, or you can just have everybody live in like squalor and then you get crap. <laughs> so it's like there's the possibilities and the 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 meaningfulness and like the ability to adjust your existence is something that I feel like was super important with Ray and, and Ray's work. And it was like, I don't know, it completely, because I, when I grew up, I grew up with that same ideology. It's like, oh, humans are just X, Y, and Z. Like they cause X, Y, and Z problems, all this type of stuff. And then like when I started to see the changes in myself where as I like, as I got to a better state, as I felt better overall, like I was able to do more for other people and able to make a greater a great difference in other people's lives and in my own life. And then when you look at Ray, like the the work and the the information that he put out there, maybe it wasn't maybe he didn't have a gazillion followers on Instagram. Who cares? But the work that he created now goes forward and touched the lives of so many people and created such a massive benefit. And it was just through his awareness and through his like following his inclinations and trying to to make sense of his existence and optimize himself that he was able to like create all this, this positivity and value for people and this meaningfulness. So, and then that, that bleeds to other people, right? Like now you and I are producing content along the same lines and experimenting with his principles and moving forward with that. Danny's there, Georgie's there, all these different people are coming out and trying to, are like, are trying to emulate Pete and follow it can continue his work and whatnot. So I think, yeah, I think, the possibility aspect was another huge important possibility depending upon like the context of the individual was another massively important element. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing you touched on, like I was kind of like visualizing it, like talking about um, our, like there's this inherent separateness that we, uh, that like we're taught to view uh, ourselves as like, we are independent of our environment. We're independent of the environment before us. We are independent of each other or like the literal things around us um, or the beings around us. And instead the like evidence for and recognition of the amount of interaction to the point, like the amount of interaction between us and everything in our environment to the point where we are just purely we just are the same. Like we, we are just the, like, I don't even want to say we're the product of it. Cause we just like, it's just a, a constant interchange, but it's like, so coming back to, to this idea that um, humans are a plague versus humans are good. One other area that I think was like really helpful for me or made a big difference for me in the way I saw the world was recognizing how much our environment shapes the way that we think and feel and our environment doesn't mean just the pollutants in the air that we're breathing right now or whatever. It means everything that has shaped our existence up to this point, which is everything. Like it is every generation before us. It is every single thing that was in their environment that then all, I don't even want, it wasn't just signaling, like there was literal shifts and changes in structure that led to wherever we are now. And so I think it it allows for 
empathy and it allows for understanding. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, As opposed to blame. And I think that's like, yeah, I think that's invaluable. What creates a part for a course mentality when you're dealing with somebody who has X, Y, Z situation and you understand what they went through their diets or whatever it is. And it's like, yeah, of course you feel this way. Like, why would you not based on everything that, and taking, and also can taking all those valuable, those variables into consideration because they're not taken into consideration. Right. It's like, there's so many elements to adjust. The other thing I think that, and you all just a quick, you go ahead after is the, the Ray, like he put into perspective, like all these things affect us and we are an extension of this. But we also have the capability to take the reins of these things and make the adjustments going forward and adjust positively into the future instead of just like having this degradatory effect over the like pers- over the long term. And the shift in perspective and philosophy is what adjusts whether it's moving in a positive or like a more negative direction. And in contrasting like the current cultures, I remember he said like it's a death culture. And it is a death culture. And it's like the the culture itself and like the perspective is like a cancerous element that pushes people in these negative directions. And it's not, they like completely in, invalidates their ability to take the reins of these things because it just discounts them as even possible. Yeah. And one of the most prominent pieces of that culture is this us versus them mentality, the separateness and the kind of flip side of that is is what I was mentioning and and recognizing that not only are we all the same, but also getting to a point where we are able to have that empathy because of the recognition of what has allowed what has brought somebody else to a point where they have a certain action or belief. And it completely like um abolishes that mentality of like the us versus them, like the idea that any human around us is a plague or is an enemy or is anything other than um like like a competition right like everyone around yeah. is a competition right yeah eliminating that idea yeah. yeah and instead um yeah that kind of intense camaraderie and recognition that we're we're like we're all we're all a piece of the same we're all working toward the same thing like having trouble articulating it um it's like the, the competitiveness versus like competition. That's like competition versus co- collaboration aspect. Yeah, or cooperation. But the cooperation, like coming out of a place, not of just saying like, "Oh, we're, we can do more if we work together," but rather just the recognition that like we like are all the same. Like we are all together, and they're like as a as a unit, we're all moving in one direction or the other, and and um, if we're competing with each other, it's going to push us more in, in to a direction of the death culture. Yeah. Um, well, and then the competition being a product of the physiology, right? And that was like, right. Ray was talking about like the locust stuff where it's like yeah. it, resources become scarce, grasshoppers turn into locusts and then it's working through the serotonergic system and then make, making extensions of that to humanity and society. Like it's just, that's just like a mind blowing a mind blowing perspective. I remember when we were like having conversations about, cause this is one of your favorite topics, right? Is the, yes. the like Darwin versus Lamarck evolution competition versus cooperation stuff. So like you have, I know where you like keep teasing that we're going to do a series on it, but it's like, this is your pet project. But I remember it was like mind blowing for both of us to like put that into perspective and be like, Oh yeah. Like 
that makes sense when you and then you like see it in your own environment with people and you like you look at different portions of society like of course they're like these parts are going to be degraded because there's so there's such a lack of resource and environmental enrichment in these certain areas and you're of course going to get these outcomes for these people yeah yeah and we will do that series at some point for sure (laughs) and um and others like along the the same thought processes and maybe exploring these ideas a lot more. I'd, I'd love to spend that time and dig into them. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's, there's also like the, and I, I know some of these were shared by Georgie as well. Um, like the, some of those rat experiments, like showing that uh, they'll sacrifice something for themselves to help, you know, to help others and um, like sharing food and, and, like helping another rat escape from a cage, even if resources are scarce and things like that, like the inherent um, good that exists and, and desire to help others, which again, you, there's the whole pessimistic view that that's just uh, selfish and, you know, the whole idea of the selfish gene. But again, we'll have to <laughs> dig into that in uh, yeah. in our, that evolution series. I think it like put it into perspective that there's like a spectrum and it's dependent upon like environmental and, and like, there's like environmental elements, resource availability, and then like actual structure and energy of the individual. So like when structure and energy of the individual are low, there's like rigidness and like a like a movement of the hormonal and energy systems towards conserving for the self. And then when like the environment and whatnot is enriched, you start to see like these more altruistic behavior patterns come into play. So it's though like that's what, I mean, it's just exactly what we've been talking about the past couple of minutes, but it's like when you put that into perspective and you extend it across like a, from a societal perspective, you start to see, wow, like what would be possible if people started to collaborate and people started to try to like improve their entire environment. And again, it's not just like climate change or pollution. It's like environmental existence in general, like formation of communities, adjustment in working culture, quality of food, access to food, like quality of interaction, like the actual education process, Things along those lines, because a lot of us like even you and I were just talking about this before the call, like for both of us, like our our 20s were spent like just trying to figure out how are we going to like make the rent and pay the bills type of stuff. And it's only now at this point that we still got some years left. Well, yeah, but it's like I remember like it it was much harder earlier on. And now as you like as you get to this point, you're or as you progress more, it's like. Now you start to have more time to start to like do these other projects that you always wanted to do or get involved in these things that you that you like were always interested in doing and pushing forward and whatnot. Whereas before it's like you couldn't even do it just because you <laughs> you had to pay rent. <laughs> rent had to be paid. The food had to be paid, like whatever the deal was. So it's death culture. <laughs> death culture. Yeah. And it, the, but like in the, the culture and like as an extension of the death culture, it's like it's glorified. I do X number of hours a week and I, I like stress myself out in X way. And I cold fast, I cold exposure. Like I take cold showers and I fast all day long and then I work 80 hours a week and then I run a marathon and then it's like, yeah. And then like at 34 years old, you like have whatever problem, like you have all these problems, like you're just, you're just done, you're cooked or 30 years old or whatever it is. It's like the culture celebrates that stuff instead of like a, an element of like, taking care of yourself and like and modifying these things in like more of a beneficial way and not tapping into the stress and whatnot. So, yeah. And what's the cost to your humanity? And do you feel some of those things we were describing as far as the empathy for the people around you and 
um, a sense of community and selflessness and a lack of ego. And, and I think those are, so that was something else that I wanted to touch on was like raise selflessness and generosity. And like he, so, so the amount of like emails that he would respond to just freely, like never asked for anything. Like he would, and, and this is tough. Like I get a lot of emails in my inbox and it's tough not to become like frustrated when you feel like, and again, part is brought out, as you said, like talking about like, Oh, I need to pay the bills sort of thing. It's like, I can't spend all day responding to emails to people who are genuinely probably amazing people who could really use help. Um, and of course, like we are always trying to create situations that allow us to help those people. But Ray being somebody who was incredibly generous with his time and energy and effort and. I like the number of people. So I was listening to, I listened to um, the Remembering Ray Pete episode on Danny Roddy's uh, Generative Energy podcast. I think it was episode 90. And the amount of people who, between there and like the Facebook groups and seeing posts on Instagram and posts in the Ray Pete forum, the amount of people who said that they had conversations with Ray through email, the amount of people who said that, you know, 15 years ago they were having this issue and they picked up a bottle of, Progesty and we're told by the, the clerk at the health food store, maybe it was 20 years ago, you know, and they're told like, Oh, talk with this guy. And they called Ray and Ray had no idea who they were and talked with them every day for a month and like helped them fix whatever issue. Um, or just the number of people who said that like their lives were literally saved by him again, just selflessly, generously giving to like, you know, again, whether it was talking to them on the phone or answering their emails or whatever it was. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like monumental. It's just, it's, I think such a huge testament to everything that he preached and, and taught and, and explored. Um, and also just like an inspiration to me and, and, uh, yeah, he was, and again, like all of the, the free articles and the very inexpensive newsletters and the many free, um, interviews you know him dealing with all them on the phone because he wouldn't use the computer cell phone or whatever the situation was you know him with his with the landline (laughs) Um, (laughs) like he yeah he was incredibly generous and selfless and giving and like the amount of of content and like work that he did was uh just incredible and i think anybody could spend a lifetime like digging through it all and trying to um, put those pieces together and understand the people who he would cite and share uh to the extent that he did um yeah i mean it would take a whole life of living that which i think is something that everybody in the community is feeling inspired and motivated to share the burden of and try to continue with and and that's there's one other piece of of him that i think is important that i want to touch on and which is just again the lack of ego and the fact that he never cared about recognition he never cared that like whether certain people accepted his views, he never cared. Like, again, you said followers. I mean, he's never had a social media account or anything like that. Um, and you know, when there was, I talked about this on a, I think it was on a bioenergetic helpline, but, um, recently the whole, there was like some big papers talking about how, uh, the like serotonin model of depression, uh, like there was all this evidence against it. And it wasn't actually reality. And this is something that Ray's talked about for a very long time. Um, <laughs> like, like there's so many things that Ray was like 30 years ahead of his time on before, yeah, like yeah. 
coconut oil was like the craze in the paleosphere. It's like Ray has a 1970s coconut oil article. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He was doing keto again. And uh, way back then, which book was like written in the seventies. I think it was like the nutrition for women or something. Yeah. Gus is like Uh, all these supplements and like all this stuff that people in like 2020 are like, yeah, like vitamin B6 and tyrosine. It's like, yeah, I'm not saying that Ray like specifically mentioned that, but like, he was talking about all the vitamins and all these different things like 50 years ahead of everyone. Like he was so far ahead of, of his time that, and like people, even in like the early, like maybe 2000 teens, so like 2010 to 2020, like there was all these paleo low carb advocates and whatnot. And like, they just like would bash Ray or like call him a quack and stuff like that. And then you just, it's like now (laughs) everyone's like coming around (laughs) to his ideas like, oh, so. yeah, carbs. It's like, oh, that Ray Pete guy's like, he's literally been discussing the mechanism Never heard of him. and the Never reasoning. Heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> Never heard of him at all, but just like. I came he, up with these ideas myself. And like the Omega-6 <laughs> stuff, right? Like the Omega-6 stuff came out in like, I don't know, it started getting like big with the paleo stuff. But like big names like Dr. Mercola just started promoting it within like the last couple of years. It's like Ray Pete has been talking about the problems with Omega-6 before the 2000s even started. <laughs> yeah like yeah 20 years later people or even longer people are like oh omega-6 is a problem that's the big problem it's not that the carbs are the problem <laughs> you can bleach switch no mention of ray but it, like his work has been around and talking about all of these things that are coming to the forefront now like way before it's, it was hitting i mean we thought we were ahead of our time when we were reading ray's work and talking about omega-6 and the benefits of carbs and stuff like that coming from like the keto and stuff in like 2013, 2014, 2015. But it's like when you look at the dates and stuff, Ray was doing this decades before. It was like he had already he's like, this is already done. Like this is decided. This is understood. Yeah. Yeah. Just wait until the omega-3 side hits. Right. Everyone's on board with the seed oils and omega-6s. But we'll see if, how, how long it takes to convert everyone to the anti-fish oil side of things. But <laughs> the what I was getting at before was so uh, in terms of the depression and serotonin this the, these papers this like big study that came out wasn't talking about like oh serotonin is harmful hibernation hormone all those things he was just saying like serotonin like uh, low serotonin doesn't cause uh, depression that's clear based on the research and I think on generative energy they had asked Ray about it and he just was like oh like it was some something positive it was like oh that's great that like they're saying that now or something. I don't remember what exactly it was. Um, And with all of these things, whether it's people who are basically saying verbatim things that he's been saying for decades, that's kind of what I was alluding to. Like people saying like quotes of his, but saying they've never heard of him kind of thing. Um, But, but whether it's that or just his ideas that have absolutely permeated throughout the, the health nutrition, alternative health world again, without the recognition or again, the mainstream ideas where like instead of him feeling some like uh, frustration that he wasn't recognized, yeah, yeah. Instead of instead of that, it's just this. There's like no ego. It's like I really like. It's just like this incredibly positive feeling that things are heading in that direction. Like what a great thing to witness and experience and to see going forward in the future. Like to hope that that actually happens and starts to shift the deeper things too. Uh, and I know that like, I have felt the, I'm trying to think what the word is, but, but that feeling when somebody else is, is like so, saying something as if it's new, when it's something you've been saying for years, 
and like kind of yeah feeling like um it's like it's not like there's the validation it's it's like uh it's just frustrating because you've been like putting it out on the radar and then somebody who has like a larger audience or somebody or something comes by picks up the topic brands it as their own thing and then sells it as if they've like been talking about it or this was part of their paradigm and then doesn't give credit to where like the people who have been talking about or discussing it or like advancing the thing like that's that is very frustrating and it, it is nice like pete never came across that way that he felt that way but i okay. felt that way for him like when i saw the omega-6 stuff like when i who is it is it tucker i don't know his last tucker max tucker goodrich tucker Not goodrich, tucker goodrich. <laughs> when it was T- tucker goodrich like when i saw him talking about like on the there was like a dr mercola interview and they were talking about it and i was just like this guy is advancing nothing new like this is something that dr pete has discussed for extended periods of time the problems with omega-6 and seed oils and it's like this is like a revelation is presenting it as like this research that he did and yada yada and it's like that has already been done like it's already known it's been covered extensively dr pete has discussed it in like gazillions of hours worth of podcasts and interviews and articles etc and in some of his books and so yeah i felt the frustration from that perspective not because i felt like i was a like i'm this anti-pufa guy or whatever it's more like the work was coming from dr pete and there was no credit given to it and the way it's discussed and the problems with omega-6 was so closely aligned with the things that dr pete were talking about that it's just like it just fell off to me like I feel. And so, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. But Dr. P was like, oh, this is great. Everybody no people are going to start to see that seed oils are a problem now. It's like, yeah, he was such a like such a different perspective. Right. Because I feel like most people would be irritated by that. But that. Yeah. And but everything he did, like like in not caring about having a following or making like profiting off of his ideas or anything like that. I mean, that's that's the whole point. I mean, that's a huge piece of it to try to work toward to try to to try to further on right it's not just about the information it's those ideas and and feelings and concepts and um carrying with that like selflessness and that lack of ego i mean i think is incredibly important like and this this when you look at it the stupid thing is if you feel like you are the first one to put forward an idea and then there's Ray, but Ray was, as you said, like building off the giants before him, right? It's like, that's the whole point is, is it's all one line of connection from generations and generations. And it's not about any individual being like, like deserving the recognition. Uh, That's, that's part of the whole problem. Continuation of the ideas and concepts. Yeah. The progressing of it and allowing the, and like allowing that to be the progression of humanity, like allowing that to contribute to the, the progression of humanity and the benefit to, again, if not only benefiting humanity, but just the like existence, that's the whole point. Uh, So yeah, those are some of those things that I think are like, I think worth keeping front of mind. The funniest thing for me in terms of Ray's selflessness is when he's on podcasts and people ask him a question he never shuts them down, even for like the most ridiculous questions that are clearly not aligned with his work and like the things that he discussed. He never shuts anyone down. He's very much like you can only tell if he disagrees to some extent by the tone with which he says yes. <laughs> so it's like like he'll always say yes and then he'll just give an explanation. He never tells somebody, no, that's not right. 
And I think that like lends credence to his, like just how he was as a person as well. Just, he never wanted to shut anybody down. He never wanted them to like, he never wanted to create a circumstance where it's like, I'm right. You're wrong type of situation. It was always coming from the, like a learning perspective or like having the person come to their own understandings of these things and whatnot. But yeah, I just, every time I just like, you would have to try to, you'd listen to the, you, it forced you to pay attention because you would have to really under like listen to the tone of his yes or yeah. Or, or the surprise in his, Oh yeah. <laughs> it's really surprised. Cause the question isn't great. Yeah. <laughs> it's not always the case, but yeah, I, was, I just, I always got a kick out of that. I always thought that that was hilarious, but I also under, I also like in working with people over time, like I also understood why he did that. And I feel like it was, it's quite a valuable perspective to not shut people down, to not make them feel like it's because it's not a perspective of right or wrong. It's a perspective of like just figuring out what works. So Ray was, I feel like Ray always came from that perspective and he, I know it frustrates people. Cause it's like, like a lot of people are like, okay, so what do I do? Like, what do I eat? Like, what does Ray, what does Ray think I should eat? And, but Ray never proposed things like that. It, like he had, it was just like, here's like a general example, like two quarts of milk and a quart of orange juice type of thing. But it was like, he, because it's, it, there's so much ambiguity around it because the, per, I think the perspective was the, was, was the perceive think act element of try to figure out what works for you. And like when people, I remember there's like a couple of questions people ask him and it's like, what's the best way to eat or, or things like that. And it's like anything that gets the energy metabolism flowing, like answers like that. And I think that those were like, that perspective is actually really helpful in the long run because it, it gets rid of the authoritative perspective of, okay, I eat, you have to eat just this. And it moves it towards like, building it into you need to figure out what what works for your context here's this set of principles and here's these ideas and here's a framework for things and you like you have to work with it yourself because if you're not imbued in the process and you don't aren't taking responsibility for your own existence and your own purpose and your own direction then like that's the defeating in and of itself like that is inactivating for the physiology in and of itself now in some circumstances obviously people just need help right they're like in a hole and whatnot but I think in the old, greater overarching perspective, Ray always created this this element of like of trying to build your own reference experiences, try to understand your own context, try to test different things out and play with them and see what works for you. And like you even see that as him as an example, right, where he's he's always testing things. So like people, I think, get frustrated because Ray is it, like he gives different answers at different times. And I think that the answers were always dependent upon like the way I saw it, at least or interpreted it was they were dependent upon what he was doing in that moment. So it was like what he was experimenting with or what his perspective with in that moment is what is how his answers were geared. And like watching him give these different answers at different times allowed me to understand like that everything was currently was like a constant experiment for him or like a constant trying to figure out and test and play with his existence and see what works. Um, and then I, for me, I brought that obviously into my own practice for myself. And then also with the people I work with, because you come to a certain point, you realize like, I don't know how you Jay are going to interact with squash or pregnenolone. Like I have zero idea how it's going to affect you. I could give you like, 
like an, a hypothesis or like, you know, maybe this, maybe that. But the only way to really know is to test it out and to see what your experience with what with, is with it and then go from there. Because sometimes people get like these ridiculous negative experiences. And then other times people like they do really well with it and they really like it as a substance. So it's just I think Ray brought that to the framework and he got rid of like any elements of rigidity for me. Like I at least that was what I took from it. Like I'm not rigid about things. I'm more open to testing things. As long as we have like, again, you perceive what you're experiencing, you think about solutions, you think about possible options for things, you, you're going to use Pregnenol, try to understand how it's working, and then you, the acting part is you go and you test that out. So I think like he gave this framework for testing, he gave this framework for interacting with people who need help, and he gave this like massive perspective and philosophy in terms of understanding existence. It's like, there's so much value in all of those things. It has nothing to do with milk and orange juice and liver, oysters and fruit. <laughs> it's like that is like the I think for me, that was like the most massive value that I got from him is like these ideas and concepts and frameworks and philosophies on things. And like that massively changed my life and how I go about my own life and how I interact with other people and how I understand all of the different circumstances and context with which I function in. It just I think it set me up to be in like a, such a better place than where I was going. Because I was I was going down the biohacking train, intermittent fasting, and cold showers and the sirtuin pathways and keto and ancestral stuff, etc. Like it was going down that way, but like struggling and not being able to make sense of it because the frameworks that I had weren't correct. And then when it, like going with Pete, it's like, oh, it was like once the, the once the framework was right things just started to fall in line. Now, like it wasn't a linear path up. There's like ups and downs, but that's part of the testing process and the reference experience and building from that perspective. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, I know. I um, <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, yeah, I think the experimentation was, was a huge piece. I think, um, as, as you said, like his openness and like the like never shutting people down but also being open to kind of any possibility being i think a key a key part as well yeah like people ask him about the carnivore diet like do you think the carnivore diet can do x y and z and then like he he's like yes like it has it can help with like x y and z so it's like he never's like no it's a shitty diet <laughs> it's always like yes there's these benefits which is just, yeah, I know it creates some confusion for people, but it's also, it's also like, I think it was helpful because like he, he's not wrong. Like there are benefits to some of these things, which obviously, you know, we've talked about before and recognized just as an example. Yeah. Yeah. I think as something you're getting at as well as like his form of sharing information was not something that people were used to. And so, you know, wasn't everyone's flavor and people like wouldn't um it just wasn't the answer they were looking for but obviously it was way more valuable of an answer and and the the many 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 people who would take that and dig further and, and look for answers and, and look at his you know other information that he shared i think got a, a more value from it than um they would have ever hoped otherwise yeah but i mean i think people are looking for like a dave asprey book type of answer and ray pete's answers are like well 
it depends on this context kind of situation. And I think that's another thing that I think was really valuable that he brought up is the idea of context and the idea of understanding that your current circumstance will alter your outcomes, even with the same inputs. And so, and that's something that is not like, you know, it's not discussed. It's like the, there's this idea that the context is consistent and the, or the environmental elements are somewhat consistent. It's like in, it's an implied in a lot of people's understanding of things. And so when you start, like, even when you first start talking to people, it's like, well, maybe now you don't do well with progesterone, like some, some women, but let's do X, Y, and Z. And then, oh, well, now you try to progesterone. It's like, oh, wow, I feel great. And it's, so it's like that adjustment in the context in the different situations where at one point in time, you may not do well with something. And at another point in time, you'll do well with something or like just understanding like the context of different cultural elements or pieces or different, like the research within a perspective of the context, like always trying to understand context was something I think that Ray like really brought to the forefront for us, or at least for me and, and my understanding of things and making like taking that into extreme perspective, like into primary perspective instead of like this implied because like you have this idea like oh keto is good for everyone under different circumstances and you watch like during the pandemic and all this stress stuff like all these keto advocates being like oh i need carbs now <laughs> and it's like yeah with under, when you're under an increased stress your and your context has been adjusted to that perspective you're like like you're gonna reach for something to manage that and so yeah just very i think that was like a really valuable piece that ray brought at least to the forefront for me yeah no absolutely yeah i'd agree um there's one other thing i kind of wanted to close with but i don't know if you had many other things you wanted to touch i mean i could rant about all the things that ray like the improvements and the things that i learned from him and i continue to learn from his work for like for hours on end like it's something that i think for me is extremely exciting because it's so personal the the level of change in my life and the amount of like respect that i have for him and the thing is like i've never talked to ray i've never had a conversation with him i think i sent him like two emails trying to understand like I, when i was trying to understand we were on the call with him once but oh well yeah with the but that we didn't really get to talk to him right like, yeah but yeah just like he literally was like a mentor to me i i feel like he like his work was a mentor to me regard without even never having to talk with him. Like it was just that powerful. Cause you know, you go online, you there's like, there's researchers who put out interesting content. Like we always talk about AJ Holbert's membrane pacemaker theory stuff. And there's like different blog authors who have like all these interesting theories and things like that. But I never consider them mentors because I don't like, they teach you some type of, some type of knowledge but I feel like Ray's work created a level of wisdom and understanding and like a set of principles to exist that were like far beyond understanding, like what happens with PUFA in the membrane. Like it was just this massive, I can't, like it's the, the work was just so encompassing, just so massive, just so monumental. And then like, there's, it's also set the tone for, I think like lifetimes worth of future experience and understanding of like not only his work, but the people, like the other people that he references. Like I'm like, we got into Hans Selye's work and was reading Hans Selye's books 
because of Ray. Or like I was reading Buckminster Fuller stuff because of Ray. And so there's just all these different authors. Like Ray is like a gateway drug to all of these perspectives. And then the same thing, like even the before Ray, like I don't think I ever fully got imbued. Like I didn't I didn't get fully imbued in like these alternative theories on what was going on in current events in the world. And once like, I, again, once I changed my diet, I started to feel better, et cetera. I started to like, I knew things weren't right, but I just didn't have the energy or the time or the wherewithal to care about it. Cause I was only primarily focused on myself and trying to figure out what was wrong with me and get better. And then once I felt better and I was able to expand my awareness, like Ray was like a gateway into that as well. It was like trying to like literally seeing the industry influence on things and like what's really going on or having like a broader perspective of what's going on in the world instead of like what you just get fed on a regular basis. It was just, yeah, it was like expanding your mind on so many different levels and understanding, like try maybe not, you don't, I don't think ever fully understanding, but broadening the perspective in all these different areas on what's possible and what's going on and reading between the lines and the subtext of things. And yeah, it's just like, I don't know. His, his work is just, there's so much there. Even now, like spending, we've almost spent 10 years with it, right? Or maybe a little less than 10 years. And there's still, I still read a Ray Pete article and learn something new because there's just so, there's so much depth inside his work from multiple different perspectives that it's, you know, even, even like, even podcasts, I still listen to his podcast. I can listen to the same podcast again and still learn something interesting that I may have missed the last time or view something in a different perspective. Cause a lot of times, like you don't even understand his work at first, you don't understand it. And then as you learn new things, like you get new realizations from it as you listen to it again. Um, so yeah, there's just, there's so much there. There's so much there from his work and from the people that he referenced. And then there's like just so much to continue with like all the stuff that, that he left for us. Like there's just so much, so many places to go with it. It's, it's, actually quite exciting i mean that's it's for me i feel like it's like my purpose to continue what he's like put out there i don't know if i'm not trying to be like a ray pete you know i don't think that that's possible he was his own man but i would like to continue at least for me continue his work and continue to celebrate his work and keep trying to like advance different perspectives as best as i can and, and go from there Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a good handful of things you mentioned that like, I know you were like, we could have left it there, but I want to go back there. <laughs> there's just like a couple of things you mentioned that I just really, uh, resonated. So one was, uh, you were talking about, I don't remember what the, the subject was, but just something that, Oh, I think it was like politics. You're saying like, it wasn't of interest to you. I know history was something like that for me. Like in school, I never cared at all about history and I, now I find it fascinating because of like a recognition of the connection between history and culture and the evolution of culture and how that influences like science and of course nutrition and physiology and like reading books now about different perspectives throughout, you know, uh, 19th, 20th century. It's really cool to, to kind of see these points that Ray would mention at different times. And how they all fit together. And so, yeah, I mean, it's something that is now fascinating to me along with 
you know, geology or climatology or, you know, whatever it is, all sorts of different factors that before just were because they were so separate from the things that I, because I thought they were so separate from the things that I was interested in. Um, I didn't have any interest in them, but yeah, it was someone who uh, made it very clear that that wasn't the case. And yeah, uh, absolutely for me as well. He was someone who just completely shifted the trajectory of my life. I mean, again, going so far beyond like diet, but where I'm living and what I've done for the last you know decade um, since uh, coming across his work is, yeah, it's just completely uh, like, I can't imagine how different it would be otherwise. But yeah, I mean, he's like an, an inspiration and a mentor from afar, as you were saying, even though um, we didn't have that direct experience. I mean, he felt like that a hundred percent. I just wish that we did a podcast with him or talked to him or something. That was probably like the only regret I have is that and we never, never got to like really like pick his brain on certain things. To talk. But the thing is, is like, there was just so much to cover. I don't even know where to begin. I don't even know where to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we could have had some really amazing conversations that I would have loved to share with people, but um, I will still be picking his brain for my whole life for sure. Yeah. And um, work. Yeah. Yeah. And as you were saying, like working to continue his work on and, and that flame. And uh, yeah, I think everything that he embodied has created this community that now exists. And I think I know for me, and I, I've, I've talked with a lot of other people who I think feel similar, similarly, just after Ray passed, I just feel like aside from the like overwhelming sadness and loss, this intense feeling of camaraderie and community with you know in love with the other people in this community and i think everybody is really inspired um to continue carrying pieces of his work forward and i think the amount of talent and intelligence of you know between people in the community who are all incredibly knowledgeable in different areas and can take different aspects of his work forward is just uh i think there's so much potential and so that's really exciting to see and i'm uh, yeah, excited to to try to be a part of that in whatever way that I can, and um, I like can think of no better purpose than that. Yeah, yeah, he's just I don't know. I was I I told you earlier, like I was incredibly sad when I and I was just shocked when I found out that he had passed. Yeah. Like, I didn't believe yeah. it at first. I was like, there's no way. I don't necessarily know what happens, but my that was like my initial feelings were like extreme sadness and shock, but then the the thought of next thing was like more of like a gratitude for Ray's work. Yeah. Because I think, so I've emailed him, I think two or three times in this entire, like throughout everything. One, I was like really stumped about prolactin in the stress process. I wasn't understanding it. It was like, you can understand cortisol and adrenaline and growth hormone and yada, yada, turning down of thyroid, but I didn't get prolactin at, at first. And so Ray, I, I was asking about that, but I think the other time I like sent him an email, just like, I just, I just like a one sentence, but like Ray, like, I really thank you for your work. You've like changed my life. And I just don't like no other, any way to put it because his work really did. I mean, both of us were on track to, you were exercise physiology and neuroscience and you were probably on track to go into some type of like career exercise focused or something along those lines right i was pre-med i was pre-med at the time yeah 
And then I was nursing and I had initially been pre-med and then I was like, just going to go to the nurse practitioner or something along those lines. Like we were in the alternative spheres already, right? Cause we had done PLEO and keto and all that and all those types of things and the biohacking and intermittent fasting and yada, yada, like trying out all those things. But I didn't really see like, you know, I couldn't see where like there was a future besides like we're still working within the system stuff. And I think Ray's entire perspective, like his things completely changed the directions that I was going to go. I was still going to be health related, but just the way I was going to go with it and the way I live my life and how I go, go about things were completely altered just by his work, by his writings. That was it. It wasn't any, wasn't direct interaction or anything like that. And they weren't necessarily like, again, it wasn't direct thing. You do X, Y, and Z. It was like the perspectives on it and the understandings of it and the perspectives on stress, et cetera. So yeah, I think, I think he also gave purpose. He gave me like pretty, he gave me a purpose or he, he amplified the direction I was already going and, and put, injected purpose into that which was like life-changing for me so i have extreme gratitude for ray and everything that he's done in his work um yeah and i i like have the desire to continue it it's something that i think is extremely important for me and like i feel called to versus you know just working in the hospital or getting a nurse practitioner degree like those things all became completely irrelevant from his stuff. They just became like, this is just the job that I do to make money. I don't really like it, but I need to live right now and then figure out some way <laughs> that I can continue like researching and looking into things and understanding all of these things in greater depth after looking at Ray's stuff. So yeah, he's like created this, I don't know, it's like this secret life on the side <laughs> that will become full as we continue. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've, uh, too much else to to add um yeah is it, like i would definitely echo the feelings of gratitude and love that i felt from ray like again even having like nearly no uh interaction with like direct interaction with them um but i think so many people have felt that and um and i think yeah i uh i don't know just i i hope to continue to like celebrate him and his work as you know, as we progress forward with ours. So. Yeah. I think it's like, I think that there's going to be, as we continue with the bioenergetic stuff that the community will maybe start to become a bit more cohesive because it's kind of like all over the place now, but I think you're starting to see some of the people starting to come together a bit more. And so, yeah, I hope that the bioenergetic community can start, like can start to interact a bit more. Some of, you know, like how we're, you know, we do our podcast with Danny now and stuff like that, but start to bring people together and continue to, to like promote or maybe not promote, but like continue the work and whatnot and the understandings and helping other people to better understand it, et cetera. Cause well, like there's probably some 15 year old now. Well, I know there is because I have multiple conversations, but there's like probably some 15, 25 year old guy who just finished carnivore and intermittent fasting and has a whole bunch of hormonal problems and <laughs> need like just finding Ray P and is like downing gallons of milk and stuff like that. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Well, so I think there's a lot of people, like, I think there's a lot of cohesion within the community and I hope it continues. I hope it amplifies for sure. Yeah. Um, that made me think of one other thing, which is just 
beyond a community that's so, I think, uh, filled with those feelings that, that Ray's work has evoked, like the generosity and selflessness and curiosity and community orientation. Like there's also very few that are so, uh, wide ranging, like so, uh, I don't know, like heterogeneous as far as like the types of people that have just felt so, uh, inspired by him. And like, again, like just every side of the, of the, of every spectrum. And, uh, so that's pretty cool too. I think also just a testament to, uh, yeah, how, how well, like he, like, yeah, his, his ability to communicate his message and, and the power of that message. Yeah. There's definitely like such a broad range of people from different backgrounds who were able to connect with his work. You know, not everybody's going to go for the, is going to go for like the Randall cycle in depth physiology stuff. But for some, for, for some reason, Ray was able to like make the Randall cycle important to so many different people regardless <laughs> of whether like they understood the specific enzymes or whatnot yeah it was just he just uh, he connected with so many people in his work everything i hear like from so many people it just makes sense that's like the common thing that i hear it's like there's this element where it's like i don't under- fully understand why it makes sense but there's like an undertone or a feeling to it or an intuitive aspect to it that it just makes sense and i think initially that's something that 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 I felt with Ray's work because at first I didn't understand all of it either, but then as I interacted with him more, I was like, "Wow, this is like so many realizations now that I hold." It's just like, yeah, par for the course. Standard understanding were like massive changes initially, and when I look back, yeah. I'm just like, "Wow!" Like, there's just so many times like reading his stuff was like, light bulb went off, and my like completely changed how I understand my existence existence in general and like the model that I have to understand the world and how things work just like now that it's all normalized. Right. It's like completely normalized, but it was at first it wasn't, it took time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I would, you know, very highly recommend that uh, people go ahead and check out Ray's articles on his website, which I'll link to in the description uh, his books, which I don't know what the easiest ways to access them, but I'll try to leave those in the description too. And, you know, all the many interviews he's done, I'll try to link to some like databases yeah. of, of all of that. And, and also, you know, websites that are, uh, you know, and just different people who are trying to further the information. So yeah, I would, uh, highly recommend exploring all those things and, uh, yeah, hopefully we can all carry on the massive torch together. Um, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, take, you know, continue to, yeah, maybe all together we can, uh, continue to, to be part of Ray. So, yeah. Or just take a ton of thyroid. (laughs) (laughs) We'll all just take a ton of thyroid in celebration of Ray. Everybody get your sign of Mel and we'll all take five mics toast to Ray. (laughs) 